0: You need Indeed.
1: What is up, Calvin? We are back. August 2022, which means we are less than a month away from... Cow football being back and available for us to enjoy. We are, of course, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am alongside Rob. Rob, what is happening? How is your life at Fall Camp been so far?
2: Football is in the air. It's the best feeling. Is I I've had this I've had this debate with a few friends. Like, what is the best sports month in your opinion?
1: It's definitely not July. It's definitely not July or June. <laughs> this yeah, this is the this is the lull. I think. I I like March a lot.
2: You got March Madness. You got college basketball. You got a uh, baseball like just about to start up. You got basketball in the like the heat of like the the playoff runs and in
1: an NHL as well. And, as and well. then you've just like exited football, but you still kind draft of have stuff. Yeah, yeah draft stuff going on. So that's like. There's an endless amount of consumption that can happen then. And then, of course, as you look at, I think, September, October is where you have, yeah. at least from you know October, November, you kind of have college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA. Yeah, there's just a gauntlet, NHL, yeah. gauntlet of things happening.
2: Yeah. October, you get playoff baseball. What about you? I think... See March, Mad- March Madness is hard to beat. Like it's one of the best times of the year. Um, that entire month of just like watching college basketball on your phone for hours. But outside of that, I h- I'd have to say October. You got play You got like meaningful playoff baseball happening. You got the hype of like you know being in literally right in the like the second quadrant of college football and and like the start of the NFL, and then you got the hype starting to build into the NBA season, which you know you get the preseason games and a little bit of that. So that would be it for me. Solid pick. College basketball doesn't mean as much if you're a Cal fan right now. So like, <laughs> unless you're like in March Madness. So like outside of March Madness, like college basketball season is deemed meaningless.
1: Fun fact, I texted Rob <laughs> and asked if all of a sudden Mark Fox was turning a page and driving in, high quality recruits because we got this guy that was it's
2: like a four-star five, shooting guard.
1: Well, four-star shooting guard. And then the five-star transfer that we got. Yes. That was one of the best recruits in the nation at the time. Uh, do you want to give your answer? <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. Well, I texted him all excited. And the answer is,
2: yeah, Oh, I don't know why you're excited. It's no, <laughs> it's not happening. It's not
1: so for the casual fan that got excited by reading right for California and seeing a four-star recruit select Cal, just a reminder. I mean, if he, that I would love to be proven wrong. I would absolutely
2: be – if we're talking about Cal basketball, every year it's like I know what the expectation is and I know what my analysis of the team and, and the performance we're going to be seeing is in my mind. But it's one of those things where I'm like, please prove me wrong. Like please tell me I am the idiot. I would love to be the idiot in this case.
1: What do you think they buy? What is a what is a collegiate basketball or high school basketball player at
2: Cal? What are they what are they buying like as a recruit? Yeah. Probably the academics. I mean the the dude said in his uh the dude who just committed, he said in his like recruit recruitment like commitment uh interview I think with 247 where he's like I think—I can't remember the line verbatim, but basically it was the, along the gist of the basketball stops bouncing at some point, and I wanted to be prepared for when it does. So I think that's the thing with Cal in any of these academically high-profile places, is you'll have guys every once in a while that definitely put that as priority number one. You guys got Jalen and, and so on, so you'll get that, but those come far and few between. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, Jay, that has very similar vibes to Jalen Brown. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> we won't know. Here well, we are today. Rob is saying it. I don't know why
2: we're, why we're even talking about this. Why are, we don't even need to talk about this for like at least another three months.
1: Fair enough. At That's enough basketball talk for today. <laughs> we are going to be transitioning. So this is the semi-official Cal football 2022 season preview. Yes. Yeah, so how, if you didn't
2: read the uh the little note that we have or the, the about the pod, basically we're going to ha- split this up into two. Today we're going to be talking about some of the media polls and just our thoughts on the team itself. Then we'll talk about the first five games of the season. We'll stop at the bye, which is October 8th, um, and then the next pod we have, which you'll have uh, next week, that'll cover the rest of the season, so... This is part one of our season preview. Of course, we'll have our usual season preview podcast as well with a couple of the people where we're just spitting hot takes. And has have we have any of us ever gotten anything right we've said on those preview pods?
1: Trace got a few right. Trace,
2: yeah, yeah, but he was the only realist ever. True, realist ever. Yeah, we were always like we're gonna have like two thousand yard rushers and yeah. I, I <laughs> haven't gotten yeah, anything yeah, right. No, yeah,
1: no, nothing. Other than I think a kicker deciding the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It was either a kicker or a punter was going to decide the outcome of a game, and that ended up. No, being you said. You, didn't
2: you say uh, Jameson Sheehan was uh was going to be a weapon for us in a, in one of the games? No, like that he was, was gonna... Jasper.
1: Oh, was that Jasper? Oh, yes. That was... And I held <laughs> it. Right. I held That's it true. against him forever, forever. I was like, Jasper, how's how's that pick working out for you? <laughs>
2: Ooh, not great. Not great. Great guy to talk to though. We talked to him this week, but uh. I digress. All right, let's let's talk about the team and in the preseason polls and so on. So uh, let me run you through a couple of these like we have. I've been using the pick six previews, um, their PDF write up of the of the college football season. Their stuff is really good. If you want to go take a look at it, please do. Uh, it's it's not that expensive and you can buy the PDF and go through all power five programs. But their prediction for the Pac-12 is Oregon then Washington, then Oregon State. Cal and Stanford tied for fourth, and Washington State last in the Pac-12 North. In the South, it's Utah, followed by SC, LA, Arizona, Arizona State, followed and ends with Colorado. That's based off like their stats and their unit rankings and you know returning production and so on. The media poll, on the other hand, predicts Utah to win the Pac-12 again this year, 26 first-place votes. Uh, Followed by Oregon with two first place votes, then SC with five, then UCLA, then Oregon State, then Washington, then Washington State, then Stanford, then Cal, then Arizona State, Arizona, and then Colorado at the very bottom, which I have a lot of questions about this. but Yeah, it just
1: shows you how little the media knows. (laughs) What do you mean, Washington State? What in the world? All right, first of all, can we just like poke some holes in this? Washington is breaking in a brand new coach. Everyone and a quarterback. That, and quarterback. Everyone that's saying Washington is going to be this powerhouse, prove it. Prove it to me that that's going to actually happen. Secondly, USC is going to win the conference. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> Utah is not going to be SC. Oregon is breaking in a new coach. I'm not bought into Oregon being the second best team in the Pac-12 this year. USC is the best team in this conference and, until proven otherwise. And and you, then wow. And then Andy's been hot
2: fire to start this,
1: <laughs> yeah. And Wazoo, are you kidding me? What? 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 Possibly could you see in Washington State right now that you're like, this is gonna be the seventh best team in the conference?
2: They had a great year last
1: year. They had great year. Well, I
2: mean, after
1: Rolovich, they had a pretty
2: good year. <sighs> it, yeah, but so the, so to to I'll I'll, I'll uh. I'll give you some I'll give you some stuff to help your side first. Okay? Perfect. Yes. Uh, feed the ego. I'll feed you the ego <laughs> first. I don't understand why you would vote Washington State or Washington um or Stanford ahead of Cal in this particular circumstance without them having proven anything. Because Cal was 0-5 in games decided by one score or less last year. If if even two of those five games go in Cal's favor, that changes the entire narrative of the cal football season in 2021 so if you take that into account why isn't that taken into account a lot more than having one team that had coaching turmoil one team that had coaching turmoil and one team that had coaching turmoil you can decide which of which one is which but i mean that's that's my thing like Washington. so but then i'll play the other side i'll play devil's Advocate here like for Washington state. I think this is the year they can they they're giving them the benefit of the doubt that Jake uh coach Dicker like whatever he did at the end of last season will carry on into this season, right? That's the I think that's how they voted here. For sure. But then if you take that mentality, how do you take that and say, I guess you can say that with Washington like Kalen DeBoer had a good year at Fresno State last year and that's just going to kind of continue on, but like that's that's there's this disconnect there like you can how do you say that about Washington but then like you and then but then you give like SC like only third like if that's if that's the mentality right is that SC should be first as she should be first cuz if yeah. there if that's the if that's a continuation yeah um I still believe it's Utah's conference to lose only because we haven't seen Lincoln Riley with this roster right like we know that he he has the relationship with Caleb Williams and, and all that but like, just in a new conference, in a new setting, does the entire team know the playbook and, and can do what he wants them to do, like, right out of the well, gate? arid-arid, right? To a certain degree. um, But, like, you know, how he wants his wide receivers to be, where they want to be, like, where they're placing them, it could have been a totally, like, a big revamp. And if especially defensively, too, would have been a total revamp. So, that's what I don't know. And that's, like, a—that's the big question mark. Same thing with Oregon. Like— like, the Oregon, SC, Washington, right? Those three schools we know probably have the best talent in the entire conference. I think if if we're just going to look at stars and, and other recruiting stuff, they probably have the top three uh, programs in terms of talent floor,
1: but all three have new coaches. Yeah. So, I mean, it, this is it's super silly. I don't understand. When you look at Cal— and see, I understand the Stanford pick because do you? Oh wow! I think so because do people like it's? But it conflicts with why would you rank Calor? It people like consistency. Yeah, they know what they know, right? It's like you could pick Stanford pretty easily with David Shaw as the head coach and be like, eh, like it could be middle of the conference and then maybe better. You know, it's like <laughs> they're probably not going to be the absolute floor, but most likely going to be somewhere in the middle. With like you know the early days had the potential to go much higher, so I sort of feel like you know what you get, but like how do you not look at Wilcox and say the same exact thing? You're like, when was the last time like how consistently have we finished ninth? I feel like we've been higher than that, but maybe that's my optimistic revisionist history here. Yeah, I mean Um, if you're
2: going purely off last year, like what did you see from Stanford last year that makes you think?
1: that they would be better than Cal. Yeah. 100%. But particularly, I'm shocked that I, – I just think, like, in a room to head coach, I was pretty surprised that Washington State, especially after having Mike Leach and then the disaster that was, Rolovich I thought that they would go out and try to really grab someone. And, and good for them for going the consistency route. I just don't know if you're going to see that year one – and the the difference between being the coach the the entire time versus taking over and having a galvanized team that kind of wants to prove the world wrong because you know our head coach is left in the middle of the season and so there's there's some natural tendency there to go above and beyond but yeah i mean this is this is silliness with se that's crazy third (laughs) third with that roster you've Literally Caleb Williams and then the best wide wide receiver in college football, like where I'm sorry, and then oh we're gonna add in like every single talented player and in the transfer and, portal from the transfer portal and was it a die at running back like dude they're gonna be they're gonna be so dynamic, I I just don't buy it I don't buy it I think you're right like Utah has earned it, well they they also return like. majority
2: of their like proven talent right
1: yeah i I just think like that's why it's weird to me like Oregon state's super volatile because they're they they're the inverse of us and jonathan smith i actually like a lot but i think they're the inverse of cal and if you look at what our strength is our strength is defense and all we did was add a tremendous amount of talent to it in the offseason so that's where I get really confused. Is like, you know that Cal is going to be at least competitive in every single game if they have a good defense. Then my question is, what are you seeing that you're not buying from Cal's look going into this fall? Media person. That's it's, my question. Like, what are you probably, not buying?
2: Is in? The, I mean, wouldn't you agree that it's probably the skew towards offense? Like, just football in general, right? From college to the NFL. We... We don't as heavily scrutinize the defense, but like offense and like scoring is like that. Those are the highlights. That's the who we talk about. The quarterbacks are who oh, we yeah. talk about. The skill positions are who we talk about. The yardage is what we talk about. The touchdowns are what we talk about. Like that, I think. I think you have a somewhat of a bias to that, just overall from a an overarching like of the entire sport perspective. And if that's the case, yeah, Oregon State definitely sh- should be up there and you're giving Jonathan Smith the benefit of the doubt like honestly speaking if you're an Oregon state fan i think this might be the the can can Jonathan Smith take Oregon state to that next level is mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. like they're giving him the benefit of the doubt of that now right and if he doesn't at least take that next step or looks like he can take that next step then that's then that that ranking at 5 probably drops to 8 for next season But they had a great year last year. Like I I think that it's they're they're building towards something. Like I was talking to Christopher H, one of the writers on Ride for Cal, and like how many guys like how many of these teams have a returning quarterback? (laughs) It's easier to name teams that have a quarterback set than to uh like a returning quarterback than to name like the quarterbacks of all these new teams. Yeah. It's like far easier. So yeah, I mean, we're one of those guys that have to name a quarterback. So, uh, But anyways, let's move on from that. Uh, the media poll also released their uh, Pac-12 conference teams of the year. There were no Cal guys on the first uh, first-team offense or the second-team offense, but there were guys on the defensive side. I believe Daniel Scott made the team as first-team defense. I believe Brett Johnson made second-team defense. And Jackson Sherman made first-team defense as well.
1: So they clearly know. <laughs> they clearly know we have Sherman. They yeah. clearly know that Brett Johnson's returning. Yeah, and uh, then also uh,
2: honorable mentions. We got Damian Moore at uh, the running back spot. None of our wide receivers. That's going to be a chip on their shoulder for sure. Um, I Matt Sindrick and Ben Coleman both made uh, honorable mention for the offensive line. And uh, Olo FMI, Ola Dejo, um, also made it for Cal at linebacker and at defensive back, of course, Lou Magia-Hearns, who is the star in making for us. And I believe that was it. But, yeah, what do you think of that? What do you think of that list? Are those the names you immediately think of, like, when you're thinking of the Cal team, like, heading into this year?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think that's really... I mean, I th- think that we have a lot of excitement at the wide receiver position, we do, and there's a at least to not have any honorable mentions is I think a little tough there. I imagine you're right that that room is pretty upset about that. That also, I mean, to, to like to be a devil's advocate
2: on that it also comes down to production, right? Like we know that those guys are good, but if they only produce like 200 yards last year, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't really say that they're on mention <laughs> if they're they're barely they're barely playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know if they were gonna get Damien Moore. I think there's definitely the running back room is yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> stacked. But uh, yeah, it's just always feels it. I mean, it's, I don't know, I don't know. Put Jermaine Terry on there for tight end, <laughs> <laughs> or Latu,
2: Latu, Latu's up there too.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we can we'll we'll go
2: through the roster real quick before we head on to the first uh, five games of the season. Um, some big number changes, I think, for people should know. Craig Woodson, safety, uh, is now number two on the defense. Jeremiah Hunter moved from ten to three. Jermaine Terry moved from eighty-seven to four. Jaden Not takes number six. Uh, J Mike stays at seven. Uh, Jackson Sherman takes number eight. Ola Dejo, at inside linebacker moves from forty-three to ten. Maven Anderson moved from seventeen to eleven. Um, I think those were some of the the more
1: notable ones. Um, I'm shocked that we allowed people to take number ten. We got to retire that one.
2: That's a good question. That's a that's a that's a good off-season pod question. It's like what next numbers get uh, retired? Like we know twelve is for sure, but like do, are there any other ones? Um, some roster notes, of course, as well. Um, Coach mentioned uh, Stanley McKenzie was not on the roster, so we asked him about that on Friday. Coach said that he uh, is not with the team this fall, but they hope that he'll be joining. They'll be joining. Uh, he'll be joining them uh, come this winter spring. Same with uh, 2022 recruit Nick Morrow, um, and also he said Bastian Swinney was. Uh, He was dinged up. He was like on the sideline working, and he said they expect him back soon. ISFO wasn't at practice, and he said um, he's dealing with some off or he's handling some off the field stuff, and he'll be back with us soon. Um, So, no one like departure, departure like this late, uh, but those are just some of the notes.
1: Uh, What does it mean when someone is. Not expected for the entire football season.
2: I think it's a case by case scenario. Some guys, I I don't want to speculate here on like why we have these guys, you know, out. Um, Is it considered a gray shirt? It could be. If it's a recruit coming in, it could easily be a gray shirt. Um, Like they don't actually say it's a gray shirt. You know, it's kind of like it's a taboo way of saying it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it could be a gray shirt. It could be, you know, they just wanted to take the year off. It could be. You know, some other reason, like maybe it's they wanted to focus on their studies. Like, we, I I honestly don't know. The, 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 what I'll take away from all of that conversation from what Coach Wilcox said was none of them have left the team. All of them they expect back at some point Mm -hmm. or they're expecting them back. You know, we expect to have them back in the winter, spring. You know, we expect to have them back soon. Like, that for me bodes well. That it's not one of those situations where, like, oh yeah, he's left the team. Then that just creates drama. This is just, there's no, need more, need, there's no more need to dig into it. We know he's there. they'll be back at some point. It's just not right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, any questions about the the roster or anything from my two days at spring, uh, at not spring ball, fall camp? Wow. Yeah,
1: of course I have questions about fall camp, and I'm not going to say anything about the roster, because the only thing I'm going to say is just going to jinx it, so forget it. <laughs> fall camp
2: okay we got
1: two days worth well i know i know let's start off with this you because i am a lover of hype sure you said that they came out with the most energy that you had seen since you have gone and covered fall camps with wilcox yeah describe what was it that gave you that sense of energy and excitement that was sort of at this higher level
2: I, I, it's hard to describe. It's just like, it's one of those things where you have to be a practice and you just like get a feel for though. The one thing I will say about that is Wilcox at media days. Someone asked him about like, what are your goals for this year? Do you know what his answer? Do you know what his answer was? His, His answer was to win a championship. You and I have been around those press conferences a bunch. We have, we have like read Wilcox's transcripts, you know, at media days and so on. From my own recollection, and I be, might be wrong if anyone knows otherwise, like, please tag me on Twitter or whatnot and let me know so I can correct myself, but I don't think he's ever put that lofty expectation on himself. I don't I don't think he's ever said, like, he's always been one of those guys that say, like, oh, we just want to get better every day, like, take the game week by week. You know, that's the type of words he says about, like, expectations. But, like, that answer um, for that question was, like, it's it's got to be to win a championship. So... I don't know if he's putting that expectation on this team, but you can clearly tell it it comes from the top down. Like he's excited about this team. Mm-hmm. And that in itself creates like this excitement around everybody. Um like, you know, we were talking to Kai Milner on Saturday, and Coach said at Media Days, if the game started tomorrow, Jack Jack Plummer would be our our starting quarterback. I think that's after two days of camp with just spider shell or spider shells and like no contact whatsoever, I think that's the case. Jack Lummer's right now is the one. Kai Milner is the two. Like who knows how that shakes out over another two weeks and when the pads actually come on and, and they're actually like live tackling. Um, but we asked Kai about like, you know, what do you think about where you where you're at, like in the in the order and the depth chart and he's just like he's like smiling, like, I just wanna be out here, like getting better every day, like just want to be able to, to compete and to perform uh, the best of my abilities, like every single, every single day, like uh, coach Musgrave was talking about Kai, about how like, he's one of those guys that really takes coaching well, where they can tell him anything straight, like don't have to like sugarcoat or anything. And it might suck to hear, but he takes it in stride. And then he, he builds on it and he uses that to get better. And so just from that, like interaction alone, I'm like, this feels this feels different everyone's like super excited and hyped and there's no there's no like hind emotions it's just like all good vibes all around like everyone's enjoying themselves
1: that's like the the winning team mentality yeah I'd rather be a backup on a highly competitive winning team versus if you think your team's going to suck well then I'd rather be front runner yeah yeah, you know, I'd rather if, pad if, my stats. If we're going to be bad, at least let me play. Yeah. yeah. But if we're going to be great, I'm along for the ride. Yeah. So what it sounds like is there's a lot a lot of this, mm-hmm. let's get along for the ride. Yeah. I know we've heard Wilcox specifically talk about championships as being the ultimate destination of where they see this program going. Yeah. Specifically Pac-12 and going to a mm-hmm. Rose Bowl. But I agree. I don't know if I've really ever heard him answer that question the way that you just described where – he's asked about a goal for that season. You know, I think you're totally right. It's just high execution and always kind of about like, okay. Uh, so it's actually pretty nice to see that, especially from a cultural standpoint. It's just once again, like you lay the foundation of success and now it's about, okay, how do we build that up so that ultimately we can, yeah, like set set the standard higher than it was the year before. And uh, maybe losing five games by less than a touchdown will do that to you where it's like, hey, like, if we had come in here and had these expectations from the beginning of the year, would we have made those mistakes that cost us the game? Because we're gonna hold ourselves accountable because we believe that we can be great. Yeah. And if you flip four out of those five games, then this team last year was a great team. Yeah. So they they know they're right there and maybe it's just that 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 they're at the cusp of turning it but that's very exciting what about day two did the energy carry into day two the same way yeah
2: yeah i don't think that's that's changed I, i wasn't there today which we're recording this on a sunday evening like um so i don't know what it was like in day three i know i know they put pads on today um it was just spiders up until yesterday and so and then wilcox said they're going in like four day blocks um so they'll they practiced friday saturday sunday monday they'll have tuesday off And then they'll go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they'll get Sunday off. So uh, he said that in the second block towards the end is when they'll go like full life tackling and and full pads. So I'm assuming that's just to get ready for game prep because that's only like that's only two weeks out from game week. Right. So you want to get them acclimated to hitting people and getting hit like on a Saturday and then recovery on Sunday. So that's probably what they're starting this week. I'm sure that they did maybe some light tackling with pads today at least, but, or with at least shells, like upper, upper body contact. But yeah, I doubt anything was like too, too much. I'll have to go and read some other sites and dear friend Jesse and what he wrote uh, on rifles. But um, yeah, it definitely carried. They, uh, they were definitely hyped. There was, there was some, in, there was some crazy, like just athletic crap that happened um, in that first, in that first two days. Like, on Saturday, the play I wrote uh, I wrote about was a uh, Jack Plummer throws this ball up in the air um, to the right to like just down the sideline, and uh, I can't remember what the route was. But Lou's right there. It was thrown to Jeremiah Hunter. Lou's right there. Lou lays out and tips the ball like, and I'm like, oh, it's that's that's a pass breakup What an amazing play. But he's it's so unlucky from a defensive perspective because the ball pops up and it pops up right into like Jeremiah Hunter's like area. And he's like he's like backpedaling um cuz you know he turned to catch the ball, but he's still like trying to catch the ball so he's like juggling on his hands as he's backpedaling and then he and he grabs it and then he just turns around and he's into the end zone. So like offensively what a hell of a play to be able to keep your concentration like that. Defensively it's like like what what more can you do? Like you you played it perfectly, you got your hand on the ball, you tipped it away but there's nothing you can do about that. Um and then Sterneman actually on Friday was just caught a pass over the middle but he like laid out to get it. Like he just he dove, he dove for it. And he was like parallel to the ground for at least 2 seconds. Like as he's coming down with it, he does a little first down celebration. Um but yeah, the, there's some there's some athletic plays that are happening left and right. So and everyone's asking me, they're like, who's, like, what do you think about the quarterbacks? I'm like, I honestly, like, ask me again in a week and a half because I really can't tell what the quarter... I can tell you, like, how they're throwing in seven-on-seven, seven, but that doesn't make a difference when they're playing a game and there's, like, a four-man rush coming at their face and their own line can't hold on to the pocket. Like, that's what we need to see. This defensive line is outstanding. And this offensive line has a lot of question marks. So this defensive line is definitely going to help... um answer some of those questions and if we can't answer those questions in fall it's going to be a very very long season but <laughs> like that's well that's where we'll find out where the quarterbacks are too like are they good in the pocket if the pocket collapses really quickly are they good with their feet to get out still you know keep the play alive whether it be with their feet or eyes downfield and, and making the throw so that's the things i want to see but i won't be able to see that until probably later in the week
1: well one of the things the things that jumped out to me when watching plumber was that I felt like he had a live arm Mm -hmm. and could put a lot more zip on the pass and also hit deeper routes than what we've seen from previous quarterbacks. Yeah. I was wondering if that is remotely true in your experience or... Yeah.
2: He's uh. So you saw it over spring camp and spring ball, like, you know, not to knock on Chase, but he's just a different type of quarterback from Chase. He's a pocket pocket passer, Plummer is. So... Like, he ha- he definitely has a, a great arm. There were question marks about, like, his timing on throws and so on during the spring, and I wasn't sure how to read into that, whether it was just him still, you know, learning the playbook, learning his wide receivers, or, like, is that the reason he got benched at Purdue? And I wasn't able to tell which, which it was. But after watching two days of camp and watching him throw, it's clear it was a timing thing with the wide receivers. Like, I know they went through – play run practices and, you know, throwing sessions and whatnot, and his timing with the wide receivers is a lot better. Hmm. Like like I i was sitting there watching it and then uh, jesse looks at me he goes i think i'm coming around on plumber being the starting quarterback like i think all of us were hoping it would be kai um but kai's definitely has struggled the first few days um he's gotten better every day that's for sure but it's just he's still a little bit below what they're probably asking of he's a from the freshman. yeah
1: yeah we, we forget he's he's a registered freshman
2: yeah he's only two years in um <laughs> So yeah, that's the that's the that's the big question mark, um, that most people are asking. But to answer your point, yeah, he definitely, his arm looks better. It's it. There's definitely zip on the ball, and he has thrown the ball into some very very tight windows, which I was very impressed with.
1: Yeah, and that, it too is also. I mean, it's a double edged sword. Yeah, and that was like the games that I watched. The, the you know the picks that he made but i was just kind of happy he was making the throws. Yeah. And that will be the big question mark for me as we go into the actual season is are we going to be okay with that? Because we haven't we have not been happy at all about any turnovers and you and i have talked about do we discourage a mistake so much to the point that it is a big negative yeah. and holds us back
2: or where they don't take risks at all.
1: Yeah you almost are so risk averse that it just completely shuts down the entire thing and looks like this weird offense that just just stays within itself and never does anything remotely exciting uh, and then now you have somebody that could potentially break out of that are you are you okay with that are you creating a culture of saying that you know yeah may, and maybe you look at this defense and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we can afford those types of mistakes we can't afford the mistakes we were making in past seasons where it was backbreaking interceptions at always the worst time um or like those mistakes when you're giving up points and taking points off the board but can you be in neutral field position and say all
2: right yeah we're on the 45 third and seven Rip it. Don't get it. It's fine. Just rip it. Like,
1: that would I'm, be. I'm cool with that. I'm that, would be cool with that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that would be
1: exciting. Yeah. That would be very exciting. Just
2: rip it for 40 yards. Like, I'm over 35 yards. Like, I'm fine with that.
1: Imagine <laughs> saying the words rip it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even just create it, that in my mind. F
2: it, throw deep. Just <laughs> get that one on. If you, you see one on one on the outside, you take it. You take it every time. Jack, over here. Over here. <laughs> Rip it, bro. Rip it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I, that's that's all I have right now. Um, out of the newcomers, uh, no one has really impressed uh, so far, like, out the gate. I will say, Sioape Vaticani, who is the offensive lineman that we've brought in, Um. Spoiler alert! If you are a subscriber to Write for Cal, you can read it in my notebook. But he has, so the all, the O line's definitely not set, right? But he was he was basically running in like the the 1.5 twos, hmm. twos, one point five slash twos. Like he was in that mix. I don't know if he'll start. I could easily see if I could easily see a timeline where he ends up starting by season's end.
1: Remind me, freshman or graduate? Freshman. Graduate?
2: He body type looks like a slim down penny soul. Um he has he has some room to go. He's already, I think, like 300 pounds. Um, let me see if I can find his number. But yeah, he's uh he's yeah, Ciao Abe Vakitani, six three, three thirty-five. He's a freshman. He's good. He's the one guy that like all the guys that I talked to with the team heading into this season, like over the off season and, and last year when they were working on the sugar green glass, like they all thought that that could be the guy that's out of the freshman that could start. We talked to Ben Coleman on, on Friday after practice. And he was talking about like player run practices. And he said, they actually had to tell Vadikani to like, like hold up just because like, he wanted to like maul people. Like, you know, he wanted to destroy people, but Ben, Ben Coleman had to like, you know, woe him down. And is like, no, 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 we're just working on the footwork here. Like we're not like doing like contact, like, this is just so we get our mental reps in and so on. But, like, if you have a freshman who's six, 6'3", 330 pounds and is already wanting to rip the heads off of defenders, like, on a run, like, that's a good sign. <laughs> Usually a good sign. <laughs> so, yeah, he's the guy I would look out for. But uh, I think that's it for uh, the roster and stuff. Let's talk about let's talk about the season. Let's do it. So first five games of the season, I'll, I'll run you down. We'll just talk uh, briefly about, about some of them. So we start the season September 3rd, Saturday against Davis. We don't have a single Friday game until we play UCLA Thanksgiving weekend. How awesome is that? No, no Friday games during the season. I love it. But we play UC Davis Aggies, uh, 1 PM Pacific time on the Pac-12 network. The following week, September 10th, we host the UNLV rebels, former Cal quarterback, Nate Longshore on that staff will be, uh, visiting us. Um, and I believe Marcus Arroyo is their head coach, right? Yes. So, yeah. So some Cal guys that are related. Um, and then that's also a 1 p.m. game uh, at Memorial Stadium, followed by our big out-of-conference game, travel to South Bend to take on Notre Dame at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. September 24th is the homecoming game against the Arizona Wildcats in Berkeley. Uh, time is TBA. And then October 1st, Washington State in Pullman. Time is TV TBA and then we have the and then we have our bye week so talk to me talk to me about the first five games
1: I mean the first five games are the reason why I'm so optimistic about this season and why I think like you also you know are setting the bar at like eight and four yeah and it's because if you come I think the expectation should be four and one coming out of the schedule I, I I don't know yeah I just can't be taught out of that right now there's a real shot that you go five and zero. If you have you have to look at the Notre Dame game and you say, "If Cal yeah, I mean, can win the, that game, that's yeah, that's like the the linchpin yeah. of this entire thing. If Cal wins that game, what other game on this schedule are you looking at saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, our
2: expectation is probably four and one or even five and zero. Like five and zero is like the everything falls in the right direction for us. And we beat Notre Dame and we clear out these teams and we head into the bye week undefeated. Like that's like anyone who's not a Cal fan listening to this is like, Oh, they're just, they're just buying hype. Um, and sure. Yeah. I think the five and o definitely is if, is if we're in like full hype zone, um, which is where I am 98% of the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Andy doesn't step
2: out of that zone. He's the mayor of that zone. Let me ask you the opposite side of that question. Like what's, what the, what do you think is the floor? Three and two, three and two, so like anything, anything below three and two, you're probably kind of upset about heading into the bye week. Like, dude, it's kind of it's disappointed. If
1: it's two and three, and then you're staring down, you know, the Oregon USC Oregon Gaunt, State, yeah, the gauntlet. Stand, you know, that if you're two and three staring that down, it, it's going to be the same thing that we had last season, where you're just going to have a lot of people being like, "How do you get to 7?
2: Yeah, it's a math game now.
1: Yeah. I, so I, I just think like two and three. What's really interesting is if it's two and three, but you win against Notre Dame, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or, but I just don't think there's any way two and three. Would you?
2: Would you rather take the Notre Dame game, or would you rather take two in conference wins? Do you know what I'm saying? I think for you, yeah, 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 like you go zero 3 and true. three, and then you you yeah, s- yeah. you kick off Pac-12 with two 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 wins.
1: Like what would you prefer? I mean, I actually think for the brand and for the conference, it it's matters more to, to be Notre, Notre Dame than it does like where we would finish having a 2 and 3 record. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you could make the case, hey, like okay, going into conference play 2 and, 2 and 0 is that's huge. So, I guess it's sort of like do you look at it Yeah. I mean, we don't owe the Pac-12 anything, but it would be better for I think the overall brand however if we wanted to compete for you know potentially a rose bowl visit while we still have a rose bowl then take two the 0 yeah in conference but i just don't i don't see it i don't i don't i mean davis is, is, is davis i mean and, that's what we said i mean I'm, I'm like so like shell shocked right now
2: because that's what we said about nevada last year no we did not <laughs> <laughs> no we did not did we really? I swear we were nervous about Nevada. The only reason we were nervous about Nevada is because like just the just the, the follow up to like Colin Kaepernick and like starting off the season against Nevada, just everyone has PTSD. But
1: Nevada was I was not but, like, like Nevada's a I, Nevada had an NFL. I gotta go back corner. I gotta go back and listen to our pods right.
2: before then and figure out if we we're actually like if we were actually scared or if it's just like PTSD part two. Like I have PTSD about my PTSD.
1: That's yeah, I'm because really, <laughs> wasn't it from North Texas? Like, it's like it's PTSD. Of PTSD is like PTSD. <laughs> it's, it's just like the inception of PTSD. Yeah. It just keeps you just keep falling asleep into a deeper, deeper realm. We are going to win at home against Davis. Period. Full oh. stop. That's where I'm at. Andy's securing that win. <laughs> and then UNLV, I do see how you can get into this game of well, it's Marcus Arroyo. He knows Cal very well, and. Uh, you know, they're familiar, uh, there's people in that program that know us and coached with some of our coaches. Yeah. So I can see their there are nerves there. I don't pretend to know that much about UNLV, but it's a game that you have to look at. If you're Cal saying we have to win that game. Yeah. Like there, you just cannot, it, if it's on the road, fine. <laughs> you can <laughs> throw some things out there being like, well, it's a road game, but Vegas. Yeah. Yeah no it's at home like you win these games at home you have to go 2-0 into Notre Dame you come out of that 2-1 you're back at home against Arizona you have to beat Arizona at home period so in like that and Wilcox is going to be furious about that last Arizona game so I don't think there's any chance that they come I mean obviously gonna be like dude you're crazy but I don't think there's any risk with the Arizona game despite the history despite the madness
2: do you remember the last time Arizona came to visit? Do you remember what
1: happened? That I re- I do remember. <laughs> I watched our, I watched our remember, quarterback. Do you remember? hand re- them the game. And, yeah, and also remember their quarterback. Yeah,
2: Khalil Tate just double overtime. Just having, I remember that his one. way with it. So uh,
1: well, we did yeah. go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the thought there, and then so you. You, I kind of look at the three home games and it's like every single one of those has to be a win, and there isn't really an excuse that you can have for not having those be wins. And then if you want to toss up Washington State and you want to toss up Notre Dame, or even if you wanted to say seventy-five twenty-five, you know Cal being twenty-five chance to win that game, I'm fine with that. But I, I just think like three and two is your floor, yeah. four and one's you're kind of better, and five and zero is a stretch goal that's not really that out of the question as long as you take care of Notre Dame. And you know, is that realistic that we take care of Notre Dame like 25 to 30% chance that we win that game is where I'm sort of at.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I mean, I'm we're, I'm looking at the the Pick 6 previews about about Notre Dame and, and some of their big biggest like they're replacing quarterback too. Right? They don't have Jack Hone anymore. It's probably going to be Ty- Tyler Buckner um, and according to Pick 6 uh, he got some game reps as a true freshman. He had 300 yards rushing. It looks, they, it says that Tommy Reese, who is a former Notre Dame quarterback and another or and their offense coordinator for the last two years, he will probably be adding some like re, uh, zone read options, RPOs, quarterback sweeps because Buckner is a dual threat quarterback. We have historically not done <laughs> very well <laughs> against dual threat quarterbacks. No, um, but
1: this <laughs> linebacker. I, this linebacker group
2: Yeah is I, different. So here's here's my thing is um Notre Dame's offensive line, right? In twenty twenty one, so last season, guess how many offensive linemen they had to replace? Uh, are starting five. Three. Four. Guess how many guess how many of the five is on the roster for
1: twenty twenty two? Two. All of them. yeah so it's the classic everyone got experience
2: and everyone got better yeah yeah yeah. and knowing their recruiting pedigree
1: it's like everyone's just gonna get
2: better and that line's even more tight-knit now so like they they have that i mean granted they lost a bunch of guys um especially on the defensive end they lost a lot of a lot of guys in the nfl and also on offense like they lost the Kyron Williams who was the school's first back to to post consecutive 1000-yard seasons since Darius Walker in 2005 and 2006. He's not he's not there anymore so they have to replace that. So like if you look at their like statistics like last season here's the big one right O-line run push averaged about 3.3 3 yards. That's 91st out of Power 5 schools. I don't believe that number will be that number. Yeah. <laughs> next year or yeah. this upcoming season, I believe that number is going to be higher. And despite despite that being 91st in the country, they still had 144 yards on the ground per game. That's that's wild to me. It's going to be a hard game. <laughs> <laughs> Their passing offense of course ranked 20th in the Power 5. Last year, 283 yards per game, eight point one uh, yards per attempt, and a QB rating of one fifty. <laughs> like on you know, for their entire team. And the touchdown interception ratio of three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be really hard. The only the, the saving grace for us is we just have to hope that they have a repeat of the Fiesta Bowl.
1: Hmm. <laughs> true.
2: So, they had a 28 to 7 lead (laughs) in
1: the Fiesta Bowl and they lost it. (laughs) So, I think that's the thing is, is I keep saying that like interim coach. Well, now I'm no longer. Interim to head coach. You know, you just don't, we just don't have the body of work. And so, it's like easy to be high on it and say, great, he's going to be the next Lincoln Riley and elevate the program. But you just don't know. I think the only thing you you could probably say from this, because most of
2: the coaching staff stayed intact. I believe not a single one of the assistant coaches went to LSU with uh Kelly. So if all of if I haven't looked deeply into it, but if all of them have stayed, you know the offensive, like scheme, production, all of that under Tommy Reese and all those guys, that'll remain the same. So you have continuity there. Defensively, it's it's Marcus Freeman. Like he's still gonna take care of that defense. The defensive schematic will stay the same. All these guys that they brought in fits their system, so on, and they'll grow into that the only X factor through all of this is how much Marcus Freeman dictates the game plan and what he calls Mm -hmm. like what that's, that's going to be the deciding factor in this game. Like, does he decide to go for it on times where he shouldn't have or not go for it on times that he should have, or was too conservative, you know, telling his offensive coordinator, like let's just hold onto the ball here and run out clock or, or whatever it may be. It's going to come down to those coaching decisions and less about like the scheme, the staff, and like coaching guys up. Like we, that's gonna stay the same. That's always gonna be there. So we just have to hope, <laughs> and fingers crossed, that we just get like one or two mistakes from him, and we're able to capitalize on it. I think that's how we win it. That's how we win it every But I mean that that's a, that's gonna be a hard game.
1: It's going to be a fun game.
2: It's going to be a really fun game though. I mean all of us all we're, there's a big crowd out there, Andy. You were talking right before we like started recording that the the bus guys that were were tagging on, along with said that the the biggest surprise for them in planning for this football season has been Cal fans. So That
1: was a huge compliment. And yeah. then I was like, "Make sure to tell the Big 10 that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean
2: just to go off of Notre Dame, one more thing. They actually start the season at Ohio State. That's their first game of the season. So that's also gonna be pretty telling to me. If they get blown out by Ohio State, like that'll give me some hope. A little bit of hope. But if they beat Ohio State, like I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, oh, this ain't gonna be good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, the thing the thing with The thing with – I'm scared to say this one. (laughs) The past precedent for us in out-of-conference games on the road has been good. Except for last season. Right. But competitively. Yeah. We still play competitive games even if we don't win them. True. And, you know, even when we went to Ohio State, I remember being there – and that Cal team was really bad. We were a couple field goals away from winning that one too. We blew the game. <laughs> we had that game. So we played pretty well on the road. So it could. I mean, it just we haven't seen a ton of blowouts unless you know UCLA <laughs> 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 seemed to get whooped by UCLA no, in, yeah. But it's just sort of why I can you can travel to a game for the most part, with Cal football and feel pretty good about the fact that it's going to be relatively competitive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah,
2: that's our takes right there for the first uh, five games of the season. So now it's the bye week. And then uh, I guess with the next one, you'll you'll hear us talk about the rest of the season and where we think we'll, we'll end up by season's end. I think that's it. That's it for this podcast. Of course, I'm Rob11HWNG on Twitter. Andy is Andy Johnston on the internet in what? various places. My full name? Good
1: lord. It Did literally you...
2: says that on this on the podcast. It has your full name.
1: My name is Andy JBs. <laughs> I'm not on I am officially on Twitter, but if you tweet me, you shall get no response. He's
2: unofficially on Twitter.
1: I am off of all social media right now and probably forever. But if you ever want to hang out at Cal Game, catch me at the Right California tailgates and at Notre Dame at the game. Oh boy. probably pretty, oh pretty yeah. lasting. <laughs> <laughs> uh once again, this that's it for this podcast with Golden Bear Canada.
2: And as always, go bears.